Thank you for tuning in to the Beauty in Men podcast, a show about pioneers, innovators, leaders, and passionate professionals in the men's beauty, grooming, and wellness industries. Listen to their thoughts and enjoy their stories of how they got to where they are today. Join industry professional and enthusiast Trevor Studd as he chats to the guests and learns more about the beauty in men. So welcome everyone. My next guest today is better known as the Spa Whisperer. He's a veteran of 20 years plus in the luxury international wellness industry and he is co-founder of Moss Wellness Agency. This gentleman has probably one of the most envious jobs in the world. I'm really looking forward to him sharing today more about his, his role and his adventures. So, Nigel Franklin, welcome to the show. Hey, Trevor, how are you? Thanks for the intro. I'm good, thanks. No worries. Uh, so, where are you at the moment in this part of the world? Uh, right now, I am in Munich in Bavaria. I, um, yeah, just uh, my partner is in Munich, so I decided not to go home to San Francisco when this kicked off. I decided to stay here. I'm kind of glad I did. Nice. Yeah. It's a place that you visit regularly or this is a long time? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you know, I've lived in San Francisco for 30 years. I'm originally from uh, Brighton in England. But um, no, I, I, Juan, my partner, lives, lives here. So I, I'm kind of part-time here, part-time in San Francisco and part-time wherever work takes me. Okay. So, Nigel, we'll get more into detail later about your current role. But just in brief, as a starting point, can you share what your roles or your, your job title is today and uh, well, what your role does entail? What do you get to do at the moment, in brief? Uh, in, at the moment or just in life? No, in life. Let's, let's, in life. Let's yeah, listen to the confinement. Two different things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's another show. Yeah, that's another show. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm a, a developer and designer of wellness spas and wellness centers, so I... Um, I've worked for the last few years for like 20 odd years around the world for Amman Resorts and Four Seasons and um, more recently, you know, India and Portugal. And, um, but yeah, no, I, I develop uh, wellness concepts and I work with architects and designers to, to build and design primarily spas, but more recently it's, uh, it's kind of kind of turning into fully fledged wellness centers, including the hospitality part of it too. So it's constantly evolving. It's it's a, it's a bizarre it's a bizarre evolution for me because I kind of started off as a journalist and then a therapist and and now I'm kind of you know working with top designers and architects no, in the amazing. world. So, yeah, no. so really starting with projects from from the yeah. idea of conception and and right through to design and yeah because it's and because it for you yeah for years and years you know you just. You know, we we would try to fit concepts into pre-existing buildings, or we would try to develop or build, create spas in you know basements of hotels. So, spa industry is a lot different now than it was you know, ten years ago, twenty years ago, five years ago. And um, you know, we're all we're all evolving. I think as as this industry evolves, and um, for me personally, yeah, my own evolution has gone from you know training teams of therapists to now building these environments right so let's let's just go back a little bit then if you want to just uh give us a little a little spotlight onto the the early days of, of Nigel. Yeah, you know where you were where you were born i mean you've you've lived yeah. 
I know you've lived in the States for a long time and you've traveled a lot, but let's go back to you obviously from the UK. Um, so yeah, just tell us a little bit about, about, you know, young Nigel and, and where you grew up and, and, and your earlier days. I, I was, I was a strange kiddo. Um, <laughs> I, I was a strange boy. I, uh, so I, I'm from Brighton, south of England, went to school and university there. And, um, when I graduated, I, uh, graduated with a master's in journalism and decided I was going to move to San Francisco and sit on a hill and be a writer at this romantic idea of life. <laughs> and I actually, that's what I did. Um, I went to San Francisco, I was a journalist and I went to awesome. write. For, yeah, yeah. Um, but I went to write for the opening of a spa in Georgia. And I, I always tell this story because it's kind of a prof it, one of the most profoundly impacting stories in my life. But I met this therapist, my therapist in this spa, and I remember everything about her, her voice, her hair, what she was wearing, and, um, you know, her name was Margaret, my dog was called Maggie, I mean, this woman changed me. But I didn't write about the treatment, because I kind of forgot about the treatment. What I wrote about was how she made me feel, and, um, and the experience of having a stranger make me feel kind of safe and wanted the first time really in my certainly in my adult life and um i decided to change the course of my life and i became a therapist because i wanted to give that experience to other people and then uh i became a consultant and i became a coach of other therapists because i realized i, I was one person and i needed um a, an army of therapists around the world to kind of give that to other people so um that's kind of the, the kind of trajectory of my life. I mean, I, you know, was, mm. you know I, I went from kind of student, I was a model in New York and Los Angeles, then I was a journalist, and then a therapist, and here we are. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. So you, 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 so you didn't go back to the UK, you, you stayed pursuing your career mm -hmm. in, 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 the, in the States. Yeah, I lived, I've lived in, I've never, I've lived in California, I've lived in San Francisco, Los Angeles for, I say I say thirty years, but it's probably like twenty-seven years or something, um, and then New York as well, on and off. But no, I've never I've never gone back to live in the UK, and, I, and I'm not sure I'm not sure I'm not sure I would. I mean, I I think after a certain point in in your kind of personal history, I mean, you know, England is my is my home, Brighton is my hometown for sure. Mm. But you know, in my in my soul, in my blood, I'm from San Francisco. That's yeah. that's, that, that's that's what what. Pulsates you, in there. You, the you, you definitely yeah. still got the accent nice and strong. I hope you know what they <laughs> think. <laughs> they, 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 say, they say in the States when, when, uh, when, an, when a British person moves to America, the last thing they do is lose their accent. When an American, <laughs> moves, when American moves to England, the first thing they do is lose their accent. <laughs> yeah, I, remarkably, I still have it. Yeah. You, you skipped over um, a little part there and didn't really delve into it. That you you were in, in had some modelling days in, in, in your past. I did. And, uh, I did. I yeah. I um I modelled actually all through university and um uh and then actually after, but quite I mean you know successfully. I mean I was on the front cover of Vogue and all sorts of things. Um, you weren't just going to, to, to run over that, were you, without bringing that up? Oh, come on. You must have known I was going to dig into that. <laughs> do, you know, do, you know, do you know what, though? Whenever you, like, I don't really, I don't really, you know, it's, it's not how I lead. I'm like, I used to be a model guy. Yeah. 
I, I just, um, but I think the older you get, you know, when you tell someone, yeah, I used to be a model, they kind of look at you. I, it happened actually gotcha. a, a little while yeah. ago. They, they kind of look at you and like, yeah, I could <laughs> see that. Like, like, I could see you used to be good looking. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I modeled really successfully. I mean, I, I yeah. came, out, I came out of school with no student debt. I, you know, was able to, you know, buy stuff. I mean, I, I yeah, no, I was, I'm pretty good at Abercrombie. Abercrombie. You worked with Calvin Klein as well, didn't you? I did. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I, I, I worked. It's out of you, don't I? <laughs> um, don't I worry, did, I'll uh, skip a lot. <laughs> no, I did, I did a couple of Calvin Klein campaigns. I did quite a few um, Abercrombie and Fitch campaigns. Um, you know, a Brit uh, doing a, tr a true US brand. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like back, back in the early days, you know, like I was, I think I was like one of the first. I think it was like one of the first kind of Abercrombie and Fitch publications where you know where it kind of came out that kind of like weird black and white homoerotic. I was one of the first ones of, of that era um, with Bruce Weber. But yeah, no, I mean it's been yeah, amazing. That was a, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And my family in England certainly. My sister always tells this story. She went into Armani somewhere in England, in a, uh, in a mall somewhere. And there was pictures of me everywhere and she was running around <laughs> telling everyone that I, that was her brother. <laughs> and, they, and they were like, what? They were like, what, that American guy up there? <laughs> American. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know, I, I it was always, um, I, one, one time I was on this, uh, I, I was on a shoot once and the model that I was working with, she said to me, well, you're from the UK. You have really nice teeth from the UK. <laughs> for, someone, for someone from the UK, from the UK. I said, I said, I said to her, my mouth is from the UK. My teeth are from Beverly Hills. Let's <laughs> shut her up. Yeah. So you, you're, um, what, what sort of passions do you have inside and outside of, of you know, your professional life? Um, I mean, quite a few. I mean, I read. I mean, I have a, you know, I have a degree in journalism and English. So, I mean, I still read, furiously read. Um, lockdown, I started to run, which I've actually, I, street running has become quite addictive. Um, but other things, I mean, I, I meditate, I paint. Um, uh, there's, even with my work, there's, even though it's kind of wellness, there's still kind of a, um, an artistic part of it. And so I, I'm, I'm, I, fall, I fall really heavily into that kind of sensitive, artistic kind of <laughs> cliche thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, just, 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 just recently I've got really addicted to, to street running, but I don't know how that's going to affect me after the lockdown. I'll probably head back to a gym. Yeah, I, I think it's part of that is the energy you get from being outside and then yeah. something a little bit normal and then you know going down the block and and just yeah. just 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 letting just feeling like everything's still there and you're part of something yeah yeah really yeah, yeah. but I'll, I'll tell you that if my job even if my job didn't involve so much i, I think travel is a hobby of mine as well i mean I, i'm i have such wanderlust and I, I think even if my job didn't include travel i think i would you know i've been to 110 countries now and wow. I, I feel like I, I feel like even if even if my job didn't involve that, I probably would have been striving to achieve that anyway. I, I love being out. I love being out in the world. So just touching on that, there's 110 countries, and you know you've travelled a, a lot extensively, even say over the last 
seven to 10 years, just knowing that and remembering all of those and just thinking about the situation we're in now, where obviously the travel is so restricted, not just around the US, but, um, you know, within countries themselves, let alone from country to country. I mean, it's, it's for someone that travels so much, just, just, just trying to get your head around that is, um, you know, it's, it's a completely different world, isn't it? Yeah, I've been doing on Instagram. I've been, I'm on the panel of judges for a luxury um, travel uh, magazine called Destination Deluxe um, when they, for their awards. And they, they, they asked me if I would put every day on Instagram, if I would put a travel memory. And so I've been doing that for the last few weeks. And, and I, I, like, I'm even like, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, okay, I get to go through all my photographs of my life's travels. Which one am I going to put up now? And I get it, it, it's galvanic, you know, I'm like reliving these moments. And yeah, I miss, I miss, but I miss it. Like I miss airports. I miss like, I just miss long haul flights. I miss it. Mm. I think it, I think it becomes such a part of your kind of DNA at some point. It's just, it, you know, it stops being what you do and it just becomes who you are. Yeah. And for, and for me, it became who I am a long time ago. Yeah. You kind of, I mean, I travel a lot as well and it's, you do, yeah, you do. get that, you know, you, you, you get into your gear, don't you? As in, yeah. okay, you're ready, you're on your way to there, you check in and it, it becomes, it is part of your job and it, it's, it's amazing how much you just, you know, you realise when it's gone that those things that you used to, you know, not dread, but uh, you know, can be quite taxing, a, a part of what, what your normal role is. It just, I mean, I, I my friends always, because I, I love, I love long haul flights and my friends think I'm crazy and, and it's, you know, I sit for 12 hours, I watch movies, I'm uninterrupted and people bring me food and wine and where in the world other than the plane does that happen? True. You know, like without excuse. And, yeah, um, totally. Yeah, yeah, miss it. So, what, what was your first job, Nigel? You know, was my that first Brighton or just... no? Oh, my first ever job. Ah, yeah. <laughs> my my first ever job was at the Brighton Dolphinarium. Um, I used to feed the dolphins. Uh, when you got like, there actually. That was years ago. Years ago. Oh yeah, yeah. we're showing our age, mate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, the Dolphins, I, actually, while I was still working there, I mean, I was at school, so it was kind of a part, like a Saturday job. I started, okay. off in a, I started off there as a work experience because I didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up. And I just kind of kept working there every weekend. But then those Dolphins, actually, there was a whole documentary of the Dolphins kind of were shipped off to the Caribbean and were set free. So I was, I was kind of part of that. Pro- I wasn't on the documentary, but I was... From Brighton to the Caribbean? Yeah, yeah. Pop, they were Dolphins were called Poppy, Missy, Suki, and Silver. And they were all oh, shipped so. off. Yeah, and, yeah, and set, like full memory, set free. Nice job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I was, yeah, no, I was a bit of a brat. I used to wait until, like, the arena was full and would, like, strut out in my wetsuit and, like, I owned the Dolphins. <laughs> and, okay, that's said. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. It's more of a yeah, show. Yeah, I'd just yeah. like tap the water and they would come and I would just like, you know, like it was my show, not the dolphin show. Um, strange, strange how that's kind of <laughs> carried on throughout, <laughs> throughout the thread of my life. <laughs> we are who we are. Yep. So in regards to sort of the job you do now, what, what really keeps uh, your energy up and, and your passions fulfilled? What are, what are the main, what are the core things that you, you know, you really look forward to? Right now. 
you know, so, so, so my life has gone through kind of shifts. So, you know, what, what my, my core passion is developing therapists. That's my real core passion. And I, I love watching people kind of actualize their, um, their potential. You know, I, I, I'm fascinated by that because I, I do think in wellness that there's something that, you know, inherently um, drives therapists to, to, to therapy. You know, this need to kind of, this need to kind of nurture and heal and, um, and you know, often they replace, often they replace that need with kind of fear or company standards, that kind of thing. So my, my core passion is trying to bring people out of these therapists, out of these boxes, and really kind of develop them into into these kind of larger, um, more evolved kind of you know, contributive therapists. But yeah. um, right right now. Uh, you know, I was the lead consultant for a Clinic Lapori in Switzerland, for example, and that was, you know, it, it's it's a medical wellness clinic based primarily on on innovative longevity. So I got a taste of of um, of, a, of a new pie, really. I mean, I, I hadn't worked in a medical in a medical environment or for a medical environment before, and so since since then, I mean, I'm doing a project now in India where we are trying to make Ayurvedic medicine and Ayurvedic philosophies more contemporary with kind of evidence-based science. And, and so what I'm doing, what, like, what, what gets me up in the morning and like gets me going and just is, is this idea that I can um, uh, it, it kind of just, just more innovate, innovatively um, uh, work on kind of traditional therapies and um, not not to reinvent the wheel necessarily, but to make things kind of more contemporary and more relevant. And I think that that kind of transcends, you know, like, kind of fads like the bamboo massage. You know, that's not my game at all. I, I just I, I think there's a way to for, for wellness to evolve um, in a much more profound and, and effective way. And that that's kind of that's kind of what's moving and shaking me. It, it's yeah. this like this idea that. Like in India, for example, I mean, I, I say this a lot about a lot of the stuff that I do. Like the good news and the bad news are the same thing. The good news is it's never been done before. The bad news is it's never been done before. So we have no point of reference. And, you know, so, so you spend a kind of, you spend a little while kind of fumbling around, you're all kind of thumbs in the dark and um, because you're creating a, you know, not, not only a new approach, but also a new language. And, you know, and on top of that, there's a responsibility to your clients to make sure that it's, you know, not crap, that it actually has some weight behind it. But that's, that's kind of where I am now. It's, yeah. it's, I, I, I'm in this much more innovative, um, this much more innovative space. And I, 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 do, I do think that, I do think that the contribution, I mean, the, you know, I'm the founder, as you said, of, of Moss Wellness Consultancy. And, you know, and that's kind of the focus of Moss Wellness is to kind of innovatively um, progress and evolve what are, uh, this kind of very this kind of very the, the very tradition I think of about industry this wellness industry. Do, do you think you know with the experience that you've spent in the east and in the west and and you mentioned about you know really getting to the heart of the therapists and the why and and, yeah. and you know, bringing them out of that? Do, do you think having that crossover of of that experience with the contemporary and the traditional as well sort of lends itself to that. Have you found that, that, that that's really helped you, you know, find, find your, uh, not your niche, but, you know, really, really 
tap into that to understand it from both sides to get it to a point of exactly how you just described? Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, you know, the, the gen, generally, I mean, when I'm in, like, I spend a lot of time, you know this, I spend a lot of time in Southeast Asia. And I think Southeast Asia inherently, you know, inherently wellness just exists there. I mean, it's, it's, it's just part of the culture. Um, and so you have, you, but in that, it's also quite subservient. So you, you know, so when I'm in Southeast Asia, you have to bring people kind of forward and, uh, you know, when, when I'm working in other countries in the States or in, anywhere in Europe, it, you almost have to kind of pull people back. And uh, I'm not really articulating this so well, but, but like in Europe, the culture, the culture of wellness is quite different. And I think that the therapists in Europe and in the States um, are certainly more driven to more kind of innovative approaches to wellness. Whereas in Southeast Asia, I think it just lives and breathes in them innately. Mm. Um, so, so it's the balance because you don't, I don't want to go to Southeast Asia and, and, and change this kind of culture of, of therapy, this of culture of wellness. The therapists there are kind of, it, it, it's innately who they are. But it's, it's important, I think, um, with the therapists I work with uh, in Switzerland, for example, is to give them as much opportunity to extend their education and extend their contribution to the industry, certainly. Yeah, thinking back, like, I think we met probably 15 years ago. I think it would have been... Yeah, we've known each other a long time. time. So, and, and we met in a place where that crossover was very interesting because yeah. you had the, the, the bling, the bling of the Middle East uh, yeah. and everything that came with it. And, but it was, you know, the environment we were in was, was very Asian, originally Asian-based. Yeah, yeah, but if you if you if you do if you remember that's a good example. If you if you remember the work we had a couple of if I remember rightly I think if we had a couple of European therapists there didn't we? And it was a oh, from South Africa. Oh yeah, yeah. There's about yeah. there's close to eighty. Yeah. 80 in the operation. And, yeah. Yeah, and, and and the approach the approach is just different. I mean, I, I always um, I always tell the story of, of um, there was a therapist now I can't remember it was Malawan. But, but she went home one, once to um, the Philippines and she came back to Dubai and she wasn't wearing any shoes. She had just given everything to her family. And so I kind of made her promise. I made her sign a little pledge to me that she would keep all of her... I would, I would make her the best kind of retail therapist, but she had to keep all of the commission for her retail for herself. Yeah. Um, and... You know, I, I, I can have that kind of impact on, on, that, on that therapist, but I'm sure that someone, to, to be frank, I'm sure that the therapist from South Africa would have just thought I was full of crap. <laughs> you know, they could have done that themselves quite nicely. So, you know, it's, it's, it's just the same thing in life in general, I think. You, you, you meet somebody, you understand their kind of, um, their mind language, you know, yeah. how, they can, how they can receive the information and you adapt and change the information into a way that they, they can receive it. So it's, 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 part of, it's part of this gig, really, isn't it? Just to, yeah, you know, I think I, when you... It's very, I think, it's I think, very personal. Yeah, yeah, I think when you're... Relationship. I think when you're in such an intimate industry, you know, an, an industry that's primary, that, that's touch, yeah. then that, that connection is, is important. And, 
And then when you're developing therapists, you know, like there's no script to develop a therapist because, you know, they ever, or there's no script to developing anyone, whatever industry, everyone has their own stories and their own, um, you know, impulses and, and responses to certain things. So the, the idea always is to, is to very quickly learn as much about, not, not really learn as much about them, but certainly energetically, I think, it might start sounding like I'm really from San Francisco. But like when, when you're like energetically, you, you, you get to learn quite a bit from somebody very quickly and, and you kind of navigate your responses around that. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the success of it. Yeah. That's key really to just tapping in and having an impact, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, I remember, I remember well, we both know Mark Wookie very well. Yeah. And I, I remember, I remember Mark saying to me, some, somebody, somebody had offered me a job and I was, and it was wild because my first job in the States was with, was with Mark, with um, Shirley. Mark had said something like, but he would, he would say, I'm not worried, Nigel, no, nobody, nobody can do what you do. And it wasn't like nobody can do what Nigel Franklin does, but I mean, I, it's just like, no, it, you know, we all have our very, very kind of yeah, individual and isolated experiences and responses. And, but I always, I would, Mark, Mark always taught me a lot of lessons, but that was one of them. It's just, I get it. And you would have seen a lot of, lot of changes, um, you know, well, from way back 2005 and before um, to, where, to where we really are now in, in, in your industry. What are the biggest, uh, you know, apart, apart from obviously technology, um, apart from the communities getting bigger, modalities growing out, what's the real sort of changes that you've kind of seen in the last, say, five to six years? Oh, um, many. I mean, just kind of generally, kind of the kind of global expectation and the desire and the and the um, the consciousness toward wellness has completely changed. It's now, you know, it's now. What is it? Four point two trillion dollars. It's like three three times, four times bigger than the pharmaceutical industry. So, the, so the recognition of all of the years and you you too. I mean. The years that you and I and a million other people have put into this industry over the last you know, 20 years, it's, it's, it's a recognition and somewhat of a validation, I think. Um, but, the, but the global expectation as well, I mean, it, you, I don't know. I would, I would think 10 years ago, you would probably open a hotel without a spa and get away with it. But not now. I mean, it's just, it, you know, we're not, we're not a facility anymore. You know, we're, we're a legitimate revenue experiential space and revenue generating experiential space. And um, that didn't exist before. We were all a bit of a joke. You know, like, you know, your, your room's not ready, have a massage. <laughs> your dinner was cold, have a massage. Um, so that has fundamentally changed. And then just the, the, the impact that people now very conscious, are very consciously aware of that, that how wellness can impact them, you know, emotionally, spiritually. I mean, there's these eight arms of wellness, right? And I do, I do see a shift from, you know, in our industry, there's a shift from like being, you know, uh, like people don't want to be served. They, they want to feel wanted. And, and that's a shift toward my kind of language. And that didn't really exist before. I mean, when I started, 
everybody thought, my friends all thought I'd got massages for a living. That's genuinely what they, that's genuinely what they thought. Because they didn't, because nobody knew what I, nobody knew what I did. Hang on, hang on let, let me just, you didn't not get massages. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've had, I've had more than my fair share. <laughs> but yeah, no, I know what you're saying, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, but like Spark Consultant never existed, and I would go to parties and or whatever dinners, or whatever, and you know, friends would introduce me and be like, "He's a Spark Consultant," and I would have to spend the rest of the evening either explaining it or or at least qualifying it. Because, so so let me ask, how did this, this the title of the Spa Whisperer come about? Was that so you didn't have to explain it, or they were they were just a bit too scared to ask you anything? <laughs> well, no, well, well, no, because now it just means that. Now it just means I have to explain what the spa whisperer means. Gotcha. And, uh, yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I so from that movie, The Horse Whisperer, and the book, The Horse Whisperer, you know, yeah. you walk up, you know, you know, you walk, somebody can walk up to a wild, untamed horse <laughs> and whis- whisper something and create this kind of beautiful, majestic beast. And in, in many ways, that's kind, of, that's kind of what I thought and I think that I do to spas. <laughs> I don't know. Might be that might be a bit arrogant, but um, but you know because I mean you know this because we work together. I mean it's not like I walk into a spa and like make these huge explosive changes. Yeah. It's just these, these kind of like these small changes that when you put them in a in a row, um, you know you line them all up equally and uh, it makes a it makes a profound change. But you, you know it's it's difficult for me because at the beginning. You know, a spa director, I'm, I'm not a spa director, and you can't go into a spa and say to the spa director, Let, you're doing it wrong, let's do this, 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 because would, I would never have a career. So, mm. you know, a lot of it is stealth. You know, you see what's wrong and you try to figure out, you know, what little changes you can, you can make that will impact the bigger change. You, and, you don't go in like Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, do you know, I did... Um, but I bet you've uh, had those experiences where you wanted to... <laughs> Well, I've, I've also, you know, I did uh, at a TV show at the Travel Channel, I think you know this, and um, I, it, 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 it turns out that I kind of went around the world and I was experiencing all of these crazy treatments, but the, the genesis of this show where they, so a, a producer kind of uh, got in touch with me, um, there was something in the Business Insider of 15 people living, or 15 people living their dream, and I was one of them. And so someone reached out to me, a producer of a show, and they wanted me to, initially, they wanted me to be like a Gordon Ramsay. And so we, we shot a couple of, um, they're called sizzles. So we shot a couple of sizzles where they would send me into these really terrible spas, like in like, you know, just outside Palm Springs in California. Like it was like, you know, meth heaven. <laughs> and and, and, uh, and I, we did it and it was funny. But I wasn't comfortable with it because I just felt like I was, I, I just, I felt like I was just patronizing these poor people who just, for whatever reason, just didn't really know any better or, yeah. It, it, the sizzle, the sizzles were really funny, but it's not kind of organic. You'll have to send me them, I'd love to see that. I will, I will actually, I'll do that right after this, I will, I will, I'll send it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but really, 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 really terrible places. Yeah. Um, but then when we realized that, uh, you know, we were kind of playing with a bit of a bigger picture, and then it, then the, the show is called Nigel's Last Resort, and it, 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 I'm yeah. in already. 
Can you send me season uh, one? I'll binge it tomorrow. I will. I will. I'll send you. I will. I'll do. I will do this. I'll retransfer you over to the shows. So, um, so, so just going on the flip of that, <laughs> your sizzle, your sizzle reel. Um, yeah. What's some of the most sort of proudest moments of your of your professional uh, career path? Um, I I have a couple actually. My well, I mean personally, um, my couple of years ago, a while ago, my sister randomly um, called me and. Um, I don't know what, I don't know why I still don't, but randomly called me and told me how proud she was of this incredibly adventurous life that I had created for myself. And I, and, um, yeah, like even just saying it now, I get emotional. It's like, it's that, it's like, it's that kind of recognition from, you know, the, the people closest to me that's personally, but then there was a, I, I worked, I did it. I did a, a couple of weeks at the Shangri-La, for example, in Sydney. And there was a therapist, her name was Sei, she's a Japanese therapist, and completely locked in herself, like couldn't, you know, for whatever reason. And I spent two weeks with, with the team, but primarily with her. And then at the end, she gave me a chakra balancing treatment. And in this treatment, um, it, it turns out that, <laughs> this is, I sound great, I can, hear, I can hear the words coming out of my mouth next and I'm going to sound nuts. <laughs> but like, in, in this, treat, after the treatment, in a safe she place, Nigel. I know, yeah, safe place. Uh, she said, um, I, I have a message uh, for you. And as it turns out, while she was giving a chakra balancing treatment, she, you know, she always kind of knew she was a little bit psychic, but she had kind of this message from, from it was from my mum who died when I was a kid. And she had no idea about this. And wow. she gave me this, yeah, she gave me this message from my mum. And then when I left, when I left that, that time with her, she sent me a card and about how I'd like woken her up. And it, it's, it, I don't know if that's kind of valid. I don't, know what, I don't know what that is, but it's moments like that when I'm like, just like, you, you get it, like, good for you. There's a there's a um, a saying in Buddhism, a teaching in Buddhism. A master does not create students; a master creates masters. And I've always thought about that. And you know, I think as you kind of go along the road, there are, you know, I, I like I like watching people turn into masters. Yeah, nice. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, so, yeah. Seeing it, seeing it happen in other people. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's. You know, I mean, I'm not the most enlightened human being in the world, certainly, but like, uh, you know, I, 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 I feel like I have enough of it to share, and I like, I like that. I mean, that was that was why I started this to kind of, you know, to to give people the opportunity to to understand uh, the impact they can have. This therapist in Georgia, Margaret, she doesn't know I exist for God's sake. I mean, she changed she changed the entire course of my life, and I met her one time for sixty minutes. Yeah, um, you know, I, I just don't know. You don't know. Even now, in on the planes, there was a therapist out in uh, Almaha in Dubai, like fifteen years ago, that taught me some. Um, she taught me some stretches to do on a plane, but then I have asthma, and she taught me some kind of shiatsu moves to do on my chest, some some tapping or something to do. I, I don't know what it was, but I do it. But like, I still do it. I mean, it it took her five minutes to to tell me these things, and I do them they've just become a, a part of me yeah. and and i think most therapists don't understand that they can impact somebody in such a way 
Yeah, absolutely. Do you, do you remember Vinay? He was a yoga instructor in Dubai. You know, he, I do. his gift to really connect with, it didn't matter who it was, and the impact that he had on, on he, he, was the, he was the yoga instructor there for probably four years. He had a huge impact, obviously, on, on a few people. One of, a couple of his clients, Russian clients, you know, I think he changed, changed their lives, turned it around. They offered him a job in London, and, and he ended up traveling with Roman Bromovich, the owner of Chelsea, for, the, for three, four okay. years. And I think for the last six years, he's been the wellness director at Chelsea Football Club, just from having an impact on the father-in-law of Roman Bromovich. Yeah. That's amazing. Do you know, it's... I was there actually a few years ago. I went there for a meeting. I, sh- I wish I had known that. I would have asked for him. Yeah, yeah but, but, but he was like that. He, he the impact he had on people, you know, and, and it, it was amazing to see the changes in him. Yeah, but also you remember um, Divya. Yeah, I know Divya. Yeah, I still see her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, you do? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so she's Dutch. Uh, she, yeah, it's like it's like she was another one. I mean, she's she's, she's somebody that I'll carry with me for the rest of my life. I mean, it's it's but people don't you know. I don't know. It's just... Both of them worked at uh, Everson. That's where they started off. Sonia Gilly. Oh, yeah. Divya and, and Vinay. Yeah. And Vinay's yeah. wife, yeah. Yeah, Divya's a, she's a, she's an absolute legend. So I know you've, you've travelled, you know, all over the place. Um, you know, I'm not going to tell you to name the places. Oh. But if you could share with, with one of your favourites places and, and why. Uh, Cambodia. Yeah, for sure. It's quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you, you, you think this isn't the first time I've been asked that question? Right. Yes, uh, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and no, what, I got. Um, well, a couple of reasons. So I practice transcendental meditation, and after the Khmer Rouge, um, the TM organization sent people into Cambodia to teach them how to recover from the Khmer Rouge and their experiences of it. Um, and in that kind of, there are hundreds of thousands of people in Cambodia that, um, that meditate and, uh, or probably millions now, I think. But um, A, it's a beautiful country, but what I like about Cambodia the most is that I can feel a sense of um, recovery, like, like of celebration. So energetically for me, it's Cambodia all the way. Yeah. Um, in stark contrast, you know, Vietnam, I've spent some time in Vietnam and it's a different energy there. There's still a lot of pain and hurt in Vietnam and and, and I love Vietnam and I, it's beautiful, but I think energetically the best place for me is Cambodia. But anywhere in Southeast Asia, yeah. like Luang Prabang, Laos, I mean, it's like, it's heaven. I, 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 always, I, always, I always say, in my little kind of romantic, poetic way, that whenever I'm in South in Southeast Asia, I, I always find parts of me that have been hiding. Like whether it's, you know, whether it, I always find my sunsets. Uh, like oh, it's like I always find bits. I, I don't know. I always I, well, I find answers, but I find more questions. I don't, I don't, it's there's something there's something about that region that that inspires mm. me, and and I feel um, alive. Like I feel like an adventurer. Mm. You know. You know, just, and even now with, like, but, you know, I've been going to India since I was 15 years old and I've been going to India in the last two years, I've been going to India pretty much every six weeks. Um, And India is my kind of soul country. It's, I'm, I'm organized chaos and India is organized (laughs) chaos. Oh, yeah. 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 
So we, I, I vibrate very much on on the on the same. If, the same, if you can find frequency. yourself in India in, in in the cities, then you know you know you know yeah. for some um, some good solid grounding in yourself. Yeah. Look, I used to. So I did the spa at the Four Seasons in Mumbai, and. So every morning I would want to go for a run on, along, the, along the bay and they would insist that they would have to drive me one end and pick me up on the other end and I would get into this big Four Seasons Mercedes and they would drive me. And, but then I would... I would feel. Yeah, right. And so they would drop me off on one side and, I, and a couple of, they would wait for me a couple of miles, but then I would just disappear and I would take the back streets back to the Four Seasons and I would sit on the roadside drinking chai, helping kind of the people set up their... Um, like their little vendors setting up their, their shops on the roadsides for the day. And, um, and I do that now when the, the place that I'm working with right now in Goa, um, you know, Goa is pretty undeveloped. And at 5.30 in the morning, outside, outside of monsoon season, at 5.30 in the morning, the fishermen are on the beach and they're kind of pulling in these fishing boats. So I always go down to the beach and help them do it. Um, it's, and I, that's, that's, that's the part of travel that I love. So just the flip side of that then and those lovely experiences and those blessed um, adventures, um, not necessarily what is the worst place, but the, what is the worst uh, place? Just give us a, just give us, look, it, it all, it, it's all too, too nice, you know, there's some, some uh, lovely stories uh, there flowing. Just, I, just I, give, I, us one, give us one of your really bad experiences. Because um, we I, <laughs> Uh, I, hate, well, I, I, I hate Orlando. I can tell you that. Right. I, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> no. I used to get, because I worked for a bit in Orlando at the, um, the, uh, some of the resorts of the Disney World, Saratoga oh, Springs. Gosh, yeah, the big parks. Yeah, yeah the, big, the big parks. And as part of that, you know, they would ask me to kind of go out into the parks. Uh, I, I just, it's, no. And just no, and like, so, like, like Sarat- struggling with it, just revisiting the memory. Well, Saratoga, Saratoga Springs, for example. So people like they they go to Saratoga Springs. Um, it, it's kind of a, a hotel property within the compound of Disney Disneyland or Disney World, whatever one it is, and they do it every year. But I would have to go out, and there were all of these Disney pins, and they would make me wear these Disney pins, and anybody at any time of the day or night could walk up to me and just take a pin. And, like, like, and they, do it, they do it like you're not even there, and they're, like, pulling things off my body, and it's, it's gross, no. Like they're, eating, like, they're eating, like, shit food, and they're just coming up to me and taking things off me. I just thought it's a horrible experience. I, I, wouldn't, I don't like it at all. I don't, I don't really know. I don't know where else. I don't know where else. I really don't like. If it, it's 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 always. I don't know. I'm, I struggle. I struggle to think because I'm. What about a bad travel experience? Not necessarily countries because of what's happened. Um. Hang on a minute. You have to give me a minute. A bad travel experience. Yeah. Stop. Oh God. Yeah. Come um, back to that. You know, we'll part. Because <laughs> no, I know that because I, I know I've come off a plane once and like gone, you know, I, I, I'll tell you, my friends laugh because I'm actually kind of a really, I'm a pretty stable person and respectful. Um, but like when I go to airports, I, I, I love airports, but I just need to get from A to B and I need to limit the, the, the kind of interaction with people. And 
So my friend, you know Arya from Game of Thrones, like the girl, and she comes in and she... I've never watched one episode. Oh, man. Okay, well, I'm not going to give you the spoiler. Anyway, but she's a badass. Right. And, and my friends say that I'm Arya. Whenever I'm, I'm airport Arya, and sure. because I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty ruthless. I've traveled with that person. I, I know, yeah. I know the other person. They literally know the shortest cut to, yeah. to, the, to the elevator, to the desk. Uh, they know. Listen, I need to be first on the plane, first off the plane. Doesn't matter if I'm in economy. If I'm in economy, somehow I'll find a way to get off the plane first. Like I'm, I climb over people, and if I, and I, and I don't, I don't stand, I don't sit on a window. I sit on an aisle for this reason, because as soon as as soon as the seatbelt yeah. line goes up, I mean, I'm I'm the person that gets up. Yeah, but but I was in India. It's like you'll sit on a know. plane for for nine hours. And then yeah. that last bit is so important. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's, but it's but it's but it's brutal. Yeah. But but you know what? I think when you travel as much as you and I, I mean, I, I you know, when you travel as much as we do, there's a, I know how to do it, and yeah. I, I don't I don't I know how to I just know how to do it to make myself happy, um, and to make this sustainable and, you know, when people start interfering with with my process, I guess. <laughs> I go crazy because <laughs> then it becomes. I just, I just want to like get on the plane and sit down and have a glass of wine and and. Um, you got a routine. Uh, you got a flow. Yeah. 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 Well, listen, you and I have been traveling so much. Been, well, I've been doing it. We've been doing it for twenty years, and I think after twenty, after twenty years, I can't have twenty years of horrible travel experiences because I wouldn't be doing it. They have to be perfect. I'm also a Virgo, so I, you know, it's like the things have to be. At least when I travel, at least at airports, things things have to be on on um, uh, on my agenda. So, no, <laughs> what advice would you would you give to someone looking? I mean, it's been a it's a quite unique career path you've had, but you know, what advice would you give to someone looking to um, follow a similar career path to you? Um, a couple of things. Look, I mean, I, I, I'm a big believer in grass in the grassroots movement. I, I think that in order to understand fully the industry, and, and by fully I mean, you know, uh, the, the intention of it um, and the importance of it, but you know, I, you, you have to come from this grassroots level. Um, I've had really beautiful experiences with spa directors who started off as therapists because they understand the inner workings of, of what we do. I've had a couple of great experiences with spa directors who weren't therapists, but generally when I run into when I run into some issue when I run into issues, it's it's spa directors who who came into the industry on an already elevated level. So my always my advice um, to people you know, and I and I see this now already. I mean, I've worked with therapists who have started their own cons- consultation companies, and and um, uh, which I love. But my my advice really would be to 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 start from. It's a weird it's weird advice, but start from as lower rung as you can because you need you need to understand you need to understand the importance of the industry, and you can't do that if if you come in already polished when i when i started this um there really weren't many spa director uh spa consultants you know there, there, there were no spa whisperers when i when i kicked off and just continued to evolve um but i i, I just i don't know 
I don't know that I would have been, I don't know that I would be where I am today. I don't know what that sounds like, but I don't know where I would be where I am today working with some of the best architects and designers in the world. I don't know where I would be if I didn't have the understanding of the industry. I do. Yeah, yeah because there's a lot of elements to it. Um, yeah. To, make, to bring it's in, all... it's like a cake, isn't it? You've got design, you've got operation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, but, I mean, you, but you have to, I mean, the wellness industry has a pulse. I mean, it, 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 it beats and, you know, and there's this kind of nucleus of it. And, and you have to understand where that comes from. You know, it, it's, I always say this, you know, your hands don't make you a therapist, your heart makes you a therapist. And, you know, we're in this kind of maybe unenviable, I don't know, for me, it's, it's enviable, but we're in this kind of industry where we have to turn kind of emotion and transformation, we have to kind of turn that into kind of business revenue. And there, there is a way, there's a successful way to do it without losing the intention of it. Um, and that's always with consultants, you know, I'm, I, I, you know, I'm somewhere between the therapist and the hotel general manager, you know, the, gen the hotel people speak numbers, therapists speak emotion, and somewhere in the middle, there are people like me and you who are trying to kind of, you know, navigate a language around it and, mm. and make it successful. But I, I do think that even, even with the architects that I work with, um, you know, how many times have we been into a spa where you can, you walk in, you're like, okay, this was, this spa was designed by somebody who's never been into a spa in their life. They don't understand, you know, the intricacies of the journey and this and that. So even with the architects that I work with, once we start kind of talking about those kind of things, they will become super interested. And then with the architects that I work with who are specifically spa architects, it's just a beautiful breeze. Um, but there's, there's never enough information on this in, uh, in this industry that you can, that you can learn. And, you know, I, I, I learned when I started, I worked, I told you I worked with Jalik, with Mark Woodkey and um, Jürgen Klein and a weaker Klein. And they kind of put me in charge randomly, put me in charge with, it was just when um, Jolique entered the US and they kind of randomly put me kind of up in charge of developing the spas in the US. And I said to Mark Woodkey, um, but I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and Mark said, uh, you know, so, and I always say it's the best advice ever, or best, the, the best lesson ever, certainly. But Mark said, um, try everything. What the worst I'm going to tell you is don't do it again. <laughs> and so, yeah, which you, you know him. I mean, that's, yeah. that's such a him thing to say. You know, for however many years I worked with Jolique, I had this kind of, like, arena that I could just, like, throw things at a wall and see what stuck. And, you know, and there was... You know, there was accountability, certainly, but um, I certainly had the freedom to, to figure it out. Yeah, I think that's important. You have to do it. You have to figure it out for yourself. Yeah, but it goes back to, like, it goes back to, like, the Orlando thing, you know. It's like, my advice is to, to everybody, go to what, do your time. You've got to, you've yeah. got to go to the, you know, you've got to do the Grand Floridian, unfortunately. You've got to have you've those got to do... moments. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it, it's, it's. You know, I, I get, I get it. Like, I, I get it that my gig right now is pretty, is is pretty cushy. I mean, I, I, I love it, and I'm really, really, I'm proud of it, and I'm very consciously aware of it. Um, but it hasn't always been like that. It, so, so you're obviously not travelling at the moment um, with what's happening. But you got any, any exciting, some new projects that that you're working on that you'd like to share? 
Yeah. Um, well, India. I've mentioned India a few times. India's, the India project is beautiful for me. I, I went to India when I was very, very young. I met the Dalai Lama, and I've been going every... I've been going to India throughout my life. This project gives me the opportunity to, um, to write... <laughs> the way I describe this project in India is my love letter to India. Um, because what we're, what we're doing there is, is um, as matching kind of ancient Ayurvedic philosophies with kind of modern science, um, working with... And this um, is with your, your agency, this is with Moss Wellness? With yeah. yeah, this is with Moss Wellness, yeah. Um, and it's also... Um, this, 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 we are developing the entire resort. It's a luxury. Wow. It's a seven. Yeah, That's it's a amazing. seventeen. Yeah, but it's a, it's a small resort. It's seventeen suites um, on the beaches in uh, Northern Goa. Um, but it's you know, and it has an Ayurvedic doctor. It's an Ayurvedic. It's an it's a luxury Ayurvedic um, center that we're we're trying desperately to avoid the word center. Yeah. Um, you know, but we're mixing it with sports science and medical aesthetics and. But like learning and try, like trying to learn how Ayurvedic medicine can impact sports science, um, and that's what I was saying earlier. You know, about these, these, this kind of thing just hasn't been done. I mean, mm. you know, you know, it, it's 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 alchemy. I mean, it's we're we, we're kind of living and breathing this kind of this wellness alchemy right now there. And then, you know, we have projects coming up. In we had a project in uh, in Portugal in Douro Valley. Um, and then projects coming up potentially in Molokai and Hawaii and um, potentially something in Monaco. Um, in, in Ireland, uh, we did uh, something in the UK. We've done some things in the UK. Um, but yeah, we, there's, there's a lot. And it's interestingly, um, with the lockdown, I've become busier, um, but, but, but like by a lot which I wasn't expecting because I was, I, you know, I, I, I wasn't concerned about my, the current, the projects that we have currently. I, you know, they, they will just kind of plod along. But interestingly, I've become much, much busier um, with, with prospects. And would, um, just looking back on, on your career, Nigel, is there anything that you would have done differently along your path if you could, if you could change? Yeah. Um, I wish, I do wish this. Uh, I, I wish that I had pushed myself harder because I wish I wish it had been fifth. I wish I was where I am now, fifteen years ago. Because um, I, 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 and the reason I'm not is because I was just kind of coasting along. I was like, oh, this is great, this new gig, this, you know. And I was just, and I never kind of took. I took what I did seriously, but I never really took myself that seriously until the last ten years. The last ten years, life has just kind of gone crazy. Um, so I do, I do wish that I wish I had pushed myself. I think that comes a lot. lot. I think that comes a lot with age yeah. as well, doesn't it? It's yeah. But when I look, I look like I look back at like the last ten years of my life and like just how kind of explosive and amazing it's been. Right. And I just wish I wish I had started this explosive ama amazing part earlier. Yeah. Like you know, I, I loved what I mean. It's not. I mean, I've loved the whole journey, but um, in the you know the last. The kind of last, you know, ten years has been particularly fun, and mm. I wish I'd pushed myself. That's, that's a momentum is a one, it, you know, it's a wonderful thing as well, isn't it? When, once you've harnessed it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not even, um, you know, I, I generally don't take myself too seriously anyway. But it's just 
I just um, I, I wish I wish I'd I, I just wish I'd understood myself and what it was that I that I either wanted to do or even could do. I wish I'd understood that earlier. But then that's just age, right? When so, I, when will I think it be you hope? Will you hope looking forward for for sort of the next five, ten, fifteen years? What does that look like for the Spa Whisperer? Well, <laughs> I just got, I got I just. <laughs> I just got engaged. I got engaged recently. I got engaged. Thank you very much. Um, uh, In India. Um, uh, You know, with Moss Wellness Consultancy, I mean, that's that's going to, that that already is kind of taking off um, along with the Spa Whisperer. Um, I don't know, you know, my goal, my goal is, um, I keep like, this again sounds arrogant, but my goal is to, is to either, I would like to be kind of a, a person who is considered a global reference for wellness. Not not solely, not just me. I mean, there, there are lots of us, but I certainly would want to be considered um, on the on the, the top of my game and as a, as a reference um, for innovative, um, you know, collaborative wellness. That that's really where where I want to be, and I want, you know, I, I think the Spa Whisperer. Um, is pretty synonymous, you know, with wellness. There's nothing else for it to be connected to. But I, I do, I do want that, and I, I would like to create a platform um, where people can kind of join, join in this, and and um, and get creative. Awesome. It, 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 yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's good. Like what we do is good. Like we, we I do think we, we are so such a part of the solution, and and especially now with what's happening in the world. Yeah, going, you know, you know, you know. There, there are the kind of physical fundamentals of how we recover in terms of long distancing and masks and that kind of thing. But there's also, you know, this kind of a, this kind of emotional, connective way on how we recover. And I really hope we all yeah. recover from this more connected to each other, but also more connected to to the earth. And there's there will be a new language, and I think we're on this precipice of. I have a hard time. Th- I have a hard time because so many people, people are dying. But we're on the precipice of something that um, we that we that we can make beautiful. Like that, there has to be some light come out of this, and it's it's people in the wellness industry simply because we're connected to emotion and you know and connectivity and uh, and well-being. That it's, it's the people in this industry are the ones who are going to create kind of the new kind of foundation of how people uh, recover or respond. Because we're all feeling isolated now, but when this is over and we're not allowed to hug our friends, we're going to feel a different kind of isolation. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's going to become um, more difficult for people. And it's, you know, people in our industry are the ones who are going to um, respond with things that are that can profoundly change and help. Yeah, yeah I think people are definitely going to come out and, and be taking a deeper look, a deeper look at everything. Yeah, I hope so. I, yeah, I hope so. But then, yeah, but then, you know, it's up to us. You know, it's if, if we go through this, if we all go through this and we've all lost loved ones, and if we go through this and we don't change, then then you know, shame on us, really. You know, it, we, it, we have to create a new language. We have to create a new response. It's not about creating a new normal, but, but like, how do we take this 
dark experience and make something just profoundly different and profoundly beautiful for everybody involved on this planet. Um, and that's and that's where we all are right now in the wellness industry. And despite what's happening, I'm, I'm kind of excited for it to be over so that we can all put our heads together and um, and come together, unite and, and figure it out and create a platform for it. Perfectly put. Yeah. Nigel, I think that is the perfect way to, f- to finish this uh, this. You're chat. a rock star, Trevor. And, uh, I appreciate, appreciate the time. No, I really appreciate the time. It's really good to catch up. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, learned a lot more about your journey. Really exciting. Yeah. I think it'd be really great to get you back on, um, you know, once you're back up and traveling and getting back into your groove and, and, and really, you know, hear from, hear from you how, how sort of things have, have changed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm always here. Wonderful. Okay, Nigel, thank you very much. You take care of yourself. All right, cheers, man. I appreciate it. All right, right. thank you. Bye.